everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Glad to have you joining us today. And as you know, one of the things that we try to do is give you a little inside baseball look as to what's happening here in Washington, D.C. I'm really excited about the program today. All eyes and ears have been focused on the impeachment now for several uh, weeks, actually months now. And one of the primary committees that's been involved right in the center, the epicenter of the impeachment battle, has been the judiciary. So I've got several members of the Freedom Caucus who are on the Judiciary Committee joining me today. I'm Debbie Lesko from Arizona. She is uh, here. Uh, ben Klein from Virginia and Ken Buck from Colorado. And maybe we'll have a couple more join us as we go through this as well. But I do want to just uh, jump into the Freedom Caucus. Debbie, let, let's begin with you. Um, uh, Democrats have uh, really, the, this whole issue of fairness has just been thrown out the, the window with every committee uh, that's been involved in this thing. Uh, and all in spite of it all being rigged, they still never got to any uh, real evidence in spite of it, just everything being stacked in their favor. Um, now, you were on both Judiciary Committee and the Rules Committee, and if we can jump to the Rules Committee, because the same thing happened in rules, just changing the rules as we go along with this. So if you can bring to the table some issues about of fairness, uh, the pre-baked solutions that were involved in this thing, uh, what's your perspective on what's going down? Well, I totally agree with you, Jody. This whole thing has been rigged from the start. And let's start at the beginning. Well, it's not really the beginning because they officially uh, did a House Resolution 660, which allowed them to go forward officially with an impeachment inquiry. Now, they've been doing impeachment stuff since January when they got in power, but that was official. And that bill went through the Rules Committee. And it was so rigged against the president and Republicans. I mean, let's just look at it. In the previous impeachments in our history, they all went through the Judiciary Committee. Um, everything went through the Judiciary Committee, talking to witnesses, allowing both Republicans and Democrats to ask witnesses questions, allowing the presidents of the United States, both Nixon and Clinton, allowing them to ask questions of the witnesses. That all happened in the past, but in this rule, it said, oh no, we're gonna give it over to the Intel Committee, Adam Schiff first. We're gonna have him bring forward the witnesses and the president's not allowed there, uh-uh. The president or his counsel won't be allowed to ask questions of the witnesses uh, in the intelligence committee. And, and so I was like, okay, that's wrong. But, you know, let's, let's, let's move on. And so they also then said, okay, but we're going to be so fair. We're going to be so fair that we're going to allow the president to have his due process once it gets to judiciary committee. Well, you know what's happened there. What happened there is Adam Schiff had all the witnesses, 17 Democrat chosen witnesses that went in these closed door hearings and intelligence committee. All of the members of Judiciary Committee, unless they were on the Intelligence Committee, Foreign Affairs or Government and Oversight, they weren't allowed to go in. So I, I wanted to go in. Many of us said, hey, I want to go in. I'm on the Judiciary Committee. I'm the one that's going to eventually be voting on articles of impeachment. 
I want to ask questions of these witnesses. No, they wouldn't let us in. And then they wouldn't even give us the transcripts until much later. And so once it got to the Judiciary Committee, there were no fact witnesses left. It was too late for the president to have any. Well, there were no fact witnesses in court in the oversight committee either. It's all hearsay. It, uh, it, 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 well, you know, they call them fact witnesses, but right. all we had in judiciary, which was the point where the president could actually cross-examine witnesses and come to the hearings or have his lawyers there, all they had was some liberal professors. The Democrats had three liberal professors that all are on public record of disliking President Trump. Some of them, I think all of them maybe, have donated to Democrats in the past. And remarkably, our Republican witness, they let us have one, we asked for more than one, but they only let us have one, was, uh, didn't even support Trump. He came right out of the gate saying, I don't support Trump, I didn't vote for Trump, but I think this is wrong is basically what he said. You don't have the proof, you don't have the evidence, you have really lowered the bar for impeaching someone, and this is going to hurt the entire country uh, in the future. And as you know, House rules um, require that the minority party has a hearing, and in Rules Committee, we brought this up, we did amendments and we said, hey, you didn't give us a minority hearing in the judiciary. And that's important because in both Intelligence Committee and Judiciary Committee, they didn't allow Republicans to choose any of their witnesses, have them come forward even though we requested them. And so we're like, okay, how about the minority hearing date? And, and you know what McGovern said, who's the Democrat chairman? Uh, of, of Rules Committee, he goes, well, the rules don't say when we allow you to have the minority hearing, so they'll consider it after we vote after, on articles uh, of impeachment. So this whole thing has been rigged. Unbelievable. Well, Ben, let me, let me jump over to you because Debbie brings up a good point uh, that, uh, that you were right on. When, when we see these, um, the very first hearing that you guys had in judiciary, does not have any so-called witnesses or fact witnesses. We've got four professional lawyers, uh, and as Debbie mentioned, most of them uh, liberal Democrat activists. Uh, so let's talk, talk about this, these four guys, and why were they there, and did they have any impact on swaying the thoughts of people across the country? No, it was uh, the insular thinking of the liberals on the Judiciary Committee who thought, boy, let's hear some uh, thinking from some, for lack of a better term, egghead uh, constitutional lawyer, constitutional law professors from That's a pretty Harvard accurate description. And, I and uh, <laughs> Ivy League schools and, and, you know, for the Judiciary Committee, we wanted to hear the facts. We wanted to hear the evidence. From the Intelligence Committee, the rules had already been slanted so much against us. Uh, we wanted to hear from the witnesses who appeared at Intelligence. We wanted to hear from the chairman of the Intelligence right. Committee, Adam yep. Schiff. Yeah. So we asked to have him come present the Intelligence Committee report. It would have made more sense to have these constitutional law professors uh, come in after the evidence had been heard by judiciary to kind of give their take on it, whether this rises to the level of a high crime or misdemeanor because remember through all the allegations through all of the talk 
they were never able to show evidence of a high crime or misdemeanor. And so judiciary is made up of lawyers, a lot of whom prosecuted, a lot of whom were defense attorneys. And we know that, A, when the rules are rigged against you, the case gets, or when the rules are rigged, or when the prosecutor doesn't go through the proper procedures uh, in building their case, the case gets thrown out. Uh, but at the same time, you also have to have the evidence. And so uh, the constitutional law professors were really the cart before the horse, and it just showed us from the very beginning how much this Judiciary Committee process was going to be uh, a, a, just a sham of a process and, and slanted against the president and against Republicans. Well, and the whole thing has been a sham from the very beginning and rigged. We, we have, uh, by the way, had two more members of the Judiciary Committee and Freedom Caucus join us, Andy Biggs from Arizona and Louis Gomert from Texas. We'll get to them here in just a few moments, but glad you guys are able to join us as well. Ken, let me jump over to you here. Um, you're a former prosecutor, uh, and one of the charges that has been brought against the president, one of the articles of impeachment, is this whole concept of obstruction of Congress, which to me, I kind of scratched my head over that, but uh, because we have involved in this, and one of the issues you have repeatedly dealt with is executive privilege and how that relates to this whole thing. Let, uh, can, can you walk us down that path as to what is executive privilege uh, and why does it matter when we're talking about obstruction of Congress? So a privilege in the law is a uh, a way for uh, us to recognize uh, important societal conversations. So if you go in and you talk to your lawyer, that is a privileged conversation. A uh, conversation between spouses is a privileged conversation. We want people to know that nobody can pierce uh, the, the secrecy that is involved between a husband and wife, uh, an attorney client, a doctor patient, and uh, obviously there are exceptions to that, but for the most part, we, we also apply a principle called executive privilege to the president. The president can call in the secretary of state and have a privileged conversation. It can be candid. Neither one of them has to worry about that conversation being repeated because it is privileged and it's the, it's the president's privilege. So in other words, the secretary of state can become disillusioned later on and go out and try to uh, talk about uh, something, but he can't because the president has to assert that privilege or waive the privilege. And in this case, Congress said to the uh, executive branch, they sent subpoenas to the executive branch, said we want these witnesses and these documents. And the executive branch said those are privileged, we're not turning those over. And so what, uh, what has happened in the past, in, in the case of uh, Richard Nixon, in the case of uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Congress went to uh, the courts, or in, the, in those cases actually a prosecutor, special counsel went to the courts, to, to pierce that privilege. And the courts said, no, this is beyond the privilege of executive privilege. We're gonna narrow that privilege and, and make uh, require these documents or witnesses to be turned over. So uh, in this case, in the, in the Trump case, Congress did not go to the courts to try to enforce the subpoenas. So we, know, we don't know from the courts what the courts believe the, the, uh, the breadth, the depth of uh, the executive privilege is. Um, and having bypassed that step is critical in the law because unless you go to the courts and enforce a subpoena, you can't then charge anybody with obstruction. So uh, as a prosecutor, I've charged obstruction in the past where we've given someone a subpoena and, and they have destroyed a document. 
but you can't charge uh, obstruction until you know you have a valid subpoena uh, in place. And this is not, a court hasn't ruled on this subpoena um, as to its validity. And so the, uh, if, if they had wanted to bring an obstruction charge, they should have gone to court, required the president to turn documents over. If the president didn't turn documents over then, there would be then a there's valid obstruction. obstruction. Right. But not this. This is premature. And, and, and the Senate uh, can look at this. They can listen to the, the evidence. They can dismiss this on its face. This doesn't need any additional witnesses because this doesn't rise to the level. And that's why a number, if you noticed, a number of the Democrats did not vote for this. They voted for the first uh, article, but they did not vote for the second article because they realized that their side did not follow the proper procedure. And really, this r reveals to me even uh, that this whole impeachment deal is not because of the president breaking law. It is a po it is a politically motivated uh, agenda that they're involved in. Even I mean, they know this. They know that obstruction uh, really can't occur until after it goes through the court, but they're ignoring it. Would so, you agree so with that? I would. And, and Debbie mentioned uh, Professor Turley. Professor Turley said that this is the thinnest impeachment that has ever been brought forward. Well, and but we need to point out, though, the Democrats made very clear they didn't have time to go to the courts, that time was of the essence. They had to get the impeachment done. Because the done. election's in the way. Well, I they mean, had to get the impeachment done so they could get it to the Senate and try to remove the president. Uh, so I'm not sure about their, the speaker's position now that the impeachment has occurred and she says Holding it up. she's not sure when or if they'll get it over to the Senate. But as of the time of denying minority rights, denying the president's rights, all constitutional rights, Time was of the essence. Now they got it done. Time's yep. not of the essence. So anyway, hypocrisy is not a problem for one oh, of our parties. Oh, on that side, there's no question. All right, let's 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 go back. Andy Biggs has joined us. By the way, that was Louis Gomert. Uh, we'll come back, Louis, to you. I've got another question I want to uh, toss into your court as well. But uh, Andy, of course, you've been a, a big leader, obviously, in the Freedom Caucus as the chairman, but also within our own conference uh, on a lot of things, from trying to censor uh, Adam Schiff to uh, storming the skiff. I mean, you, you've had a lot of fun here these last couple of months, uh, if we can call it fun. But but let's go back. We touched on this a little bit before uh, before you joined us. But being highlighted here is a deficiency in fairness in the process across the board. But part of that that came up was the minority hearing that is written in the rules that we are required to be able to have a minority hearing if we request it. And yet that has been denied. You've been on the forefront of that battle. Walk us through that. Well, so uh, the rule, rule 11 requires that, that we get a minority hearing day. And there's some, there's some problems with the rule in and of itself. They could have changed the rule when they did the uh, the resolution 660 which gave them authority to go for it. They didn't. They left that rule intact. What that means is the chairman is supposed to, if we if we file the requisite uh, letter of intent to have that minority hearing date, they are required to grant that hearing date. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And and they, the, pro the problem of it is inherently they get to also control the witnesses anyway in the date and time. But the rule says it has to be uh, effectively in a reasonable time. In other words, you can't do what what they actually suggested doing is wait till after the impeachment on the floor vote 
and then when we had more time, maybe next year, give us a minority hearing day, that type of thing. You can't do that. So, so uh, Chairman Nadler came in at, uh, at the last meeting that we had, and he said, well, you, f you gave me that letter, as you were required to do, on the day that we had the, uh, the law professors in. And because we had law professors in, uh, you're going to be, you know, we, we've now moved beyond that. So it's now your letters deemed to be untimely or, or basically. But the law prevent that was the first hearing that y'all had. That, that's engineers. I mean, when are you supposed to do it beforehand? You, you couldn't. But they, he basically said that our, our letter was, was deficient and he was not going to recognize we were not going to get a minority hearing day. Now we'll go into the, all the convolutions because he read like a, a three-page letter to us uh, a lot. But the point is they purposefully denied it and we, re we, we requested it on the floor we requested it in multiple hearings we did everything you possibly could but they were never going to give us that hearing um, because they knew we were going to bring in uh, the whistleblower the the leaker um, uh, and we wanted to bring that individual in because ultimately uh, it would show uh, the relationship with Adam Schiff and his staff. It would also show uh, even further the duplicity of Adam Schiff and uh, would further undercut the veracity of those who were testifying and attacking this president. Wow. Uh, this whole thing has just been unbelievable. Louis, let's let's go back to you. And uh, we've, we've uh, got probably four or five minutes left. But you are a former judge. Uh, one of the other articles uh, of the impeachment deals with this whole abuse of power. Um, you've been there. You've seen this sort of stuff. Uh, walk us through where you see this abuse of, of power and uh, where the, the president stands on this. Well, this goes hand in hand with what Ken was saying. I mean, he knows uh, you can't have abuse of power uh, by one party or a president if you have been the abuser. <laughs> and that's what we have here. In courts, uh, they would call it the clean hands doctrine. If you're the abuser, you can't come and complain that somebody hasn't uh, agreed to be abused. Uh, and that's basically what we have here. And that is why uh, Professor Turley was saying, if you go forward and and accuse the president with impeachment of having abused the power without going to court first and finding out, in effect, if you're the abuser, then you are the abuser. You're saying you're not going to allow the president to have his constitutional rights you're abusing the Constitution. It's you here in Congress. And I thought he, he said it much more articulately than I would, but uh, that's the juxtaposition of it all. Um, well, yeah, yeah, they, they were the abuser. They had dirty hands, and their hands are even dirtier after yesterday. And if I can just interject, not, not one of the Democrat witnesses was able to establish that the president uh, committed bribery, treason, high crimes, or misdemeanors, and that's what's required in the U.S. Constitution. And then, you know, 17 out of 24 of the Democrat Judiciary Committee members, I, and five out of the nine 
Democrat Rules Committee members had already voted for articles of impeachment on the floor right. to move them forward before the call even took place. In fact, I mean, three this times. Is, they, this, three votes. This shows yeah. you how much they wanted to impeach this president and how much the process has been rigged. Well, listen, I want to thank each of you for uh, your incredible service on Judiciary Committee. Well, you. Uh, you guys are tremendous leaders in our conference, and I'm honored uh, to be a part of the Freedom Caucus with you and be in the trenches uh, for this fight of our nation together. I want to thank you all. And one, our role is to, on this podcast is to bring information that otherwise is not being reported. And everything that y'all have talked about here today is information no one's going to find in the media. And so hats off. Thank you, each, each one of you. Folks, listen, that's all the time we have for this edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you like this program, we would encourage you to take time to rate, subscribe to it, and review this. You can do so at iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, and also, you can watch this. We are now videoing this podcast. You can watch it and listen at facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus. You can also listen at uh, on our Twitter account, which is at Freedom Caucus. Again, thanks to each of you for joining us and each of you for listening today. Have a great day, and we look forward to being with you next time.